This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. And Bradley show such a bad mom. On MyTalk 107.1. Streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. I had kids. I don't know where they are. We are Everything Entertainment. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That is Bradley Trainer. Bad Mom Extraordinaire. And this is just the very beginning of the Bad Mom Club. So apparently I'm a bad mom. Join the club, honey. Bad moms, bad moms. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when they cry for you? Bad moms, bad moms. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when they cry for you? Yes. This is Bad Moms Club on the Colleen and Bradley Show. All moms are good until proven bad through public shaming on the radio. And then they're part of the club. I'm here to tell you, What'd I've, you do now? I've been an, a bad mom. What'd you do? 651-641-1071. Have you been a bad mom? If you call in, unburden yourself and uh, and we will restore your mom's status back to good so that you can go forward and call us again when you do something bad again. Okay, so here's what I did. Um <sighs> Okay, so I don't know if you know this. Oh my uh, God, that's terrible. How this whole thing works. When a child loses a tooth, um, the parent has to dispatch the tooth fairy. The parent, it's the parent's responsibility to communicate you to have like the a tooth fairy. Phone number or something? Yeah, you get it actually in the hospital when you give birth. Oh. They're like, here are some diapers, here are the bottles, here is a pacifier, and here's the phone number. For the Tooth Fairy and Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny, oh. because you do just need to communicate Are those with local them. numbers. Or no, is that like an eight hundred like, number? You don't thing? even know. It's like Toll a whole. Free? I can't even tell you. It's it's mm. a secret, and only we know it. Mm. So you have I as a mom and my husband as a father. We have to dispatch the Tooth Fairy and let the Tooth Fairy know where we are so that the Tooth Fairy can get to our child and make sure that the child gets paid for the hard work of losing a tooth. Okay. Well, let's just say, you know, we've had a lot of tooth teeth go missing at our house. Oh, um, I'm just saying like oof? the a tooth teeth. <laughs> we, the kids all have lost teeth, right? So yeah. my very last one has just started to lose his teeth and uh, he lost a tooth over the weekend and we kept forgetting to dispatch the tooth fairy. Oh, um, we kept forgetting is, to use that you special number. The tooth signal. We didn't send the tooth signal. Oh. I didn't. I didn't. You know, it would be nice if they would just have an app or something. But no, it's really hard apparently to get in touch with the tooth fairy sometimes, okay. or just to remember. So, so basically, anyway, we went, your like, kid days. wakes up without uh, there the being tooth fairy money hasn't come the because pillow. the tooth fairy didn't get the, mm-hmm. the. You know, we didn't dispatch the tooth fairy. Yeah. And so a couple but the good news about that one is you can always pass it off to somebody else's responsibility. Let's go to the phones. What makes you a bad mom? Let's go to Heather. Heather, it's the Bad Moms Club. What makes you a bad mom? 
Oh, my goodness. So I, this was a truly mom learning moment for me yesterday. So my daughter has been taking swimming lessons since she's six months old. Mm-hmm. And she had been in a class with one of her best friends for quite a while. Well, her friend got moved up into the next session level mm-hmm. for this up, this previous this session that's taking place right now. And um, so we've been working really hard with my daughter just saying, hey, let's listen to our instructor. She knows what's going on. Let's, you know, follow directions. Let's pay attention, this and that. And um, so last night after, you know, coaching her before swimming lessons, she did a great job and we're driving home from swimming lessons. And I said, hey, Kinsley, let's, let's make a pact right now. I said, you move up in your next, to your next session at the end of the eight weeks coming up and we'll go to Build-A-Bear. And I thought that this was going to be a moment where she would be like, oh, yeah, this is great. And then it turned into, what if I don't pass? What if I can't do this? What if I don't know? What if the instructor doesn't listen to me? What if I can't do this? Oh, no. And it turned into, I'm a terrible person. I'm so upset. And I was an emotional Shame spiral. Shame spiral. Oh, no. What'd you do? It was horrible. Well, we just talked about, like, how great she's been doing in other things. Like, she was in a play at four years old. And, you know, just all these wonderful things. And I'm just like... Oh my gosh, honey, you are amazing. Everybody loves you. Look at your friends and your teachers all think you're great and this and that. And I'm like, okay. You were afraid you broke her spirit. Yes. Well, I've got good news for you, Heather. You didn't break her spirit. And by unburdening yourself, you have now restored your mom's status back to good. Thank you. Okay. Yes, it just wasn't something I was expecting, and I've never had to deal with something like this before. I mean, she's five. We don't go through this, but I'm like, okay. Heather, thank you so much for your call. I will tell you uh, from experience, Heather, it'll happen again. And then you can call us during the bad I feel like parenthood is just going to be one disappointment after another. It is. Either from your kids or Or from yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go to Linda. Linda, Linda, what makes you a bad mom today? Oh, when my older daughter was in junior high school, she was developing her own sleep patterns, and she was coming home after school every day and taking this long nap on the couch, and then she'd be up late at night, you know, da, da, da. So I was chewing her out one day about staying awake after school, and she said, but I'm just so tired. I said, well, I could go to bed at a reasonable hour, but I am, and I thought about it. And I looked at her, I felt her her glands, asked her if she had a sore throat. Poor kid had mono. Oh, no! Yes, and I'm chewing her out for sleeping too much. Oh, Linda, thanks for your call. And I bet that a lot of people can relate to that. And I have now restored your mom's status back to good. Although, it sounds like that was a while ago, uh, so you probably got over You're it. You're fine. You're just fine. Yeah. Just, you know, send her a check. Let's go to Jordan. We are convening the Bad Moms Club. Uh, We are unburdening ourselves as moms. You know, it's so easy. You can really wipe away years worth of bad parenting with a check. Promise you. That's actually, you know, it's at a certain age. I think you really can. Yeah. 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 Let's go to Jordan. Hi, Jordan. Hi. Hi. What makes you a bad mom today? (laughs) Okay. So this was over the summer, um, this last summer. And granted... We adopted our children, so it was kind of like a, this is our first summer doing, um, like, sports and stuff, Mm -hmm. and my two youngest had T-ball, so I had, um, my seven-year-old was pouting all day, and um, so we took them to their T-ball, and, like, 
uh, we were rushing and everything. And halfway through the T-ball, we realized my seven-year-old wasn't there. <gasps> we left her at home. Oh, no. no! <laughs> oh, no. What did you do? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I went home, but it was only like a 45-minute thing. So it wasn't like two hours into it, I realized I neglected a child that I adopted <laughs> oh my gosh jordan i bet that was really scary for you um and i bet you've beaten yourself up self up for that a couple times huh uh yeah i also think it's funny because you know i mean it, it turned out okay right well yeah, i yeah. i hereby restore your mom's status back to good uh and give us a call the next time you screw up okay all right, I got you. Thanks, Jordan. Have a cocktail. You'll be fine. You'll, you're fine. Yeah. Uh, one last call from Carrie. Hi, Carrie. What makes you a bad mom today on the Bad Moms Club? Well, this is really actually very awful. Wow. Um, my son, I used to fight with him terribly about homework. Uh-huh. Used to fight, fight, especially math. Oh, yeah. So oh, one yeah. day, yeah. So we were just going back and forth. I started to lose my patience. He kept saying, I don't care. I don't care. Well, I finally got to my point, and I'm like, you don't care, I don't care. I grabbed the paper, I crinkled it up, his homework, and I threw it. <gasps> yeah, that was very bad. What did he um, do? Yeah, what did he do? He just kind of, he was already crying before I did that. He kind of just looked at me. Not because of me, he was just very frustrated with math, but then he started getting angry, and then I was getting stressed. I okay. mean, he worked it all out. Yes. It, it, got, it was okay. How but- long ago was this? Uh, probably two years. Okay, so you've moved on yeah. and he's moved on. And Carrie, listen, I think all uh, all moms hear that and we know that point of frustration when you also have been kind of pushed over your edge. So I'm just going to restore your mom's status back to good. Okay? Oh, thank you. Give thank us you a call much. again Go next time you screw up, all right? And send him some money. I love that you send people out for cocktails at like 110 hey, p.m. Girl, on a whatever it takes. That's have true. you looked outside? Don't go outside. Just open a bottle. <laughs> Stay home. Yeah. You're not going anywhere. Couch. Not in this weather. Sit on the couch and, uh, you know, hope your kids get on the bus. <laughs> okay. Can we just quickly take a pivot from the Bad Moms Club? We yes, do that every please. day at, uh, on Thursdays at 1 o'clock. Can we talk briefly about what just happened in the last hour? Oh, on this you mean show? the um, smack talk and smackdown for. Uh, Mr. Manuary 2017? The Manuary draft that took place. It's 2018. Did you say 2017? Yeah, I said oh, 2017. Whoops. And um, Holly, will you do me a quick favor and yeah. just say some words for like 10 sure. seconds? I have to tell Colleen something off okay. the air. All right, please. I can give you the weather forecast because that's what I was just looking up because today we have snow. One to three inches of accumulation are expected with a high of nine. And tonight's low is negative six, by the way. Okay. So Sorry again, about that. Thank you. Okay, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we had to do some strategizing um, about our would, manuary pick. I think some people it? think that all the strategery happens prior to the draft. Oh, heck no. No, strategery continues on throughout. Now, a couple of things that you need to know. We're going to win. Hi, everybody. I, I need like a cheer from you guys. Yes! Thank you. Win, win, Gosh. win, win, men, yes. men, take your shirts men, off. Men. <laughs> we are going to win Manuary this year. So, I mean, I Abs. almost feel like we should just like, I don't know, why why wait all these days in between? But but we're going to go, we're going to go through the paces. We're going to let you guys vote for us, for our team. But we've got a great team of really amazing men and they're all they're playing hot. for great Ridiculously charities. Hot. 
And and by the way, can we just say how much the charity for the winner will get? Yes. This is amazing. 3,000 simoleons. 3,000 what? Dollars. Okay. I thought maybe you were talking about those cookies, those uh, Girl Scout those cookies. Those are Samolina cookies. No, okay. Uh, Sama, Samoa cookies. Give me Samoa. <laughs> the winner is going to get $3,000 to the charity of their choice. Uh, and the voting starts on Monday. Runner up, by the way, gets a five hundred dollar contribution, which is st- which is amazing, yeah. right? Okay, now here's the other thing: you can get involved in this, and you can meet some of these awesome mandates. Uh, we are having a party, and it's next Wednesday. And here's something else we've never done before, you guys: you can buy your way into this party for twenty dollars. And this party's going to happen at Can Can Wonderland, and there's so much to do there. It's going to be such a fun night. And again, for twenty dollars, not only do you get to meet the mandates, not only do you get to meet all of your favorite favorite my talk hosts you also get a bunch of food and a bunch of activity uh we're gonna have well it's true <laughs> which is my favorite thing food and, food activity. and activity we're gonna get pizza <laughs> desserts mini golf and the best part 100 of the proceeds are gonna go to the mr manuary 2018 charity yeah, look, there's gonna be hot guys and good food and us Duh. Duh. you want to be there get your ticket now before you lose out and you're gonna be sitting outside in the cold now we do have a hot ticket sounder that you do need to be listening for uh and when you hear that you need to be caller number seven in order to win uh, a ticket to the event. However, if you want to make sure you get a ticket, go buy right now. MyTalk1071.com, keyword manuary. When we come back here on the Colleen and Bradley show, unfortunately, we have to make another visit to Perv Corner. But we're going to turn it around. I promise this has a ha- good ending. We'll be back after this on the Colleen and Bradley show on MyTalk1071. Everything entertainment includes everything perv, and the perv today is James Franco. Yeah, so we got to get right to this because this is uh, probably one of the biggest celebrity stories of the day. We've been focused on uh, fun and frivolity here on My Talk 1071 for the first hour of our show with uh, Manuary, but now we're going to talk about bad Manuary, uh, men behaving badly, that is, as Colleen said, perv corner. In this case, it's James Franco. As I just said, five women have accused actor James Franco of inappropriate or sexually exploitative behavior. And that comes from a piece uh, that broke earlier today in the L.A. Times. I mean, and that happened quickly. When we were talking about him uh, just following the Golden Globes, there was a tweet from Ali Sheedy that was a little bit shady. And then there were a couple sort of rumblings. Now we have five solid accusers. Yes. And you have an actual piece that now presumably this work has uh, or this piece has been in the works for a while. But uh, what you referenced is uh, so James Franco was wearing a Time's up. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts.
pin and that times up pin uh, during the Golden Globes um, led really uh, some people that feel like he treated them inappropriately to speak out. And uh, you can read the full account in the Los Angeles Times. I read it earlier today. And I will say that there are some disturbing parts of it. Now, mostly what it sounds like, um, there, there are a couple instances where, you know, it, it sounds like straight up sexual uh sexually inappropriate behavior mm-hmm. one with a woman he was romantically involved with uh, who felt that she was forcing himself on her uh, in an awkward place and then um, but some were women that were involved in his acting classes mm-hmm. and uh, some were women that were involved in some of his film projects and one of those I think the most shocking and gross yeah uh, involved a um, a sex scene with several women and James Franco where there was a simulated act and he removed barriers that were put in place to protect the uh, modesty, if you will, Mm -hmm. of the actresses. Um, That is barriers uh, of their privates, their private areas. Yeah. And And uh, it was non, not even asked, didn't ask. It was not, uh, he had no permission granted to do such a thing. Now, attorneys for James Franco and spokesperson for James Franco say these are all these allegations are false and they have no recollection of any of this inappropriate behavior. Um, but you can read and decide for yourself. I, I think there are some areas that are maybe not as clear cut or black and white, but I think there's a, certainly enough here for people to be outraged. And certainly I don't know that it surprised is a word I would use to describe any of these stories about James Franco because um, <clears throat> we've been talking about James Franco being creepy and inappropriate with women since that weird Instagram uh, fiasco where he was trying to allegedly bed a, a 17 year old girl. Right. Right. And those were I mean, those kinds of stories were very public about him. The other thing we kind of know about James Franco, if you just watch him, um, you will note that when he has a movie coming up, he, he tends to go a little bit methody with his uh, roles. So he will really immerse himself into the the persona of the person he's playing. That's kind of his his game, his thing. Um, and frequently he uh, I, I think that it sounds like those ty- that type of behavior has been something he's sort of leaned on as an excuse to do some of the behaviors he's doing. Now, I read somewhere and I can't put my hands on it now, but I read it just this morning and I cannot remember where that he alleges that he has reached out to at least two of the accusers. Uh, by phone to apologize to them. Yeah, there was one of the women that he uh, apologized for uncomfortable behavior, and that came out following the Harvey Weinstein revelations. He went back and and apologized for a particularly, uh, you know, uh, or a, a particular incident that took place that um, he knew the woman was uh, not not happy with. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to just read you this little uh, snippet. So this was a, a film project he was working on, one of his art films. And uh, there were some women that he had involved in this and um, it involved uh, it's just it's so like when you read it, you're like, OK, is this dude just trying to like get a bunch of sexy ladies around him so that he can do things and use the guise of um, the, the guise of, you know, art and film uh-huh. to um, get a little sleazy with ladies? So um, Natalie Shamil one of the students involved in this project said that she was told this footage uh, was going to be used in a seven for all mankind jeans commercial. 
And um, the women described that they were what they considered to be an unprofessional and hostile shoot at a strip club. Midway through filming, uh, this woman said Franco approached the actresses who wore masks and lingerie and asked, so who wants to take your shirt off? When none of the actresses volunteer, Franco stormed off. And she said, quote, I felt like I was selected for something based on my hard work and merit. And when I realized it was because I have nice breasts, it was pretty clear that that was not the case. Um, she says, I don't think he started teaching with bad intentions because, again, he was teaching at an act right. this acting school that he was part owner of. But he went down a bad path and damaged a lot of people in the process. That's just one account of um, the creepy behavior on James Franco. So I think more will be revealed. Like yeah. this particular piece coming out means uh, this is not the first we're going to hear Nor from shall, James Yeah, Franco. no, it won't be the, this won't be the last. And that story does kind of mimic very closely some of the other stories that, that are in that group of stories that have come out about him. Uh, when we come back, I, we need to turn this around though. We need to tell you about a, a, a good thing that came out of some of these stories of sexual misconduct. We're going to tell you about a good story after this on the Colleen and Bradley show on my talk 1071. Okay. We've, uh, whenever we tell these stories about sexual misconduct in Hollywood, like we just did about James Franco, it can get a little, uh, heavy in the room. Oh, it's so heavy. But we want to share kind of, a. um, there's and a silver lining. There's a silver lining. Thank you. There's a, there's a more uplifting side of this on the Colleen and Bradley show on MyTalk 1071. Streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. We are Everything Entertainment. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That is Bradley Trainer. And Bradley, you brought to my attention something kind of um, well done. Yeah, no, uh, it, just to sort of tie this, uh, this like perv corner story up in a bow, a nice, uh, happier bow. So we talked about James Franco, uh, being accused in the LA Times today of being sexually inappropriate in at least five different cases. Well, on the flip side of that, you know, um, another name you've heard a lot of over the last few weeks and months is Mira Sorvino. And she has, uh, sent an open letter to Dylan Farrow apologizing for working with Woody Allen. Now, why does that sort of take the flip side to the James Franco story? Because in her open letter, Mira Sorvino, one of, by the way, the victims of Harvey Weinstein. Right. You'll and re- that's why we've been talking about her, because she's also a victim. Yeah, you'll remember that Mira Sorvino said basically her career was ruined when Harvey Weinstein and his uh, ilk um, sort of smack-talked her to Peter Jackson during uh, Lord of the Rings, and that really dampered... It, it wasn't just Peter Jackson that he, uh, you know, influenced. It was a lot of people in Hollywood such that Mira Sorvino felt her career had been tanked mm-hmm. because she uh, refused to get all up in uh, Harvey Weinstein's business. So we know that. Well, then she took a moment, Mira Sorvino, that is, to to go one step further and say, I need to apologize openly to Dylan Farrow. And Dylan Farrow, of course, has accused Woody Allen, her stepfather, of uh, being sexually inappropriate Mm -hmm. uh, with her at a very young age. And, you know, those rumors and allegations have been around uh, and charges, frankly, have been around a long time. And many in Hollywood have sort of looked the other way. And Mira Sorvino is one of the actors involved who says, yeah, look, um, it's it's a horrible thing that I did and I want to apologize for it. Let me just tell you kind of why this, you know, happened and i hope other people will sort of follow suit so you know was she obligated to do that in any way no do i think everybody that worked with woody allen needs to do a mea culpa like that it's not for me to say 
but I think you're probably going to see more of this. And it is kind of awesome that here you have one actress standing up and sort of, you know, making her feelings known publicly. Yeah. Yeah. And what's kind of cool about that or or, uh, timely, I should say, about that is because one of the things that uh, people, actors specifically, are getting asked about on the red carpet and were at the Golden Globes is if you are in support of the women or the Time's Up movement or the Me Too movement or, or uh, you know, if you are claiming to be sort of wanting to elevate this conversation, why then would you work with a person like Woody Allen? And many of the actors who've been asked that question have very unsatisfactory answers if they have an answer at yeah. all. And so it is um, both timely and also refreshing that Mira Sorvino's stepping out in front yeah, of this it was, it was and, just a, and offering that apology. A very nice gesture. For sure. Now, uh, so that was a good thing, but celebrities also behave badly, and we like to call them out, and we like to call them D-bags. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Oh, look, it's another D-bag segment, and we're talking about Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, dear, what did she do now? Well, okay, so this one might be a little bit of a stretch, but I, I took this story from uh, Gossip Cop, Gwyneth Paltrow to profit off wedding. <gasps> she would. Gwyneth Paltrow oh. is set to profit off her wedding to Brad Mm-mm. Falchuk. Mm-mm. That's according to OK Magazine. Now, um, they say that uh, Goop, frankly, is going to, like the people who sponsor Goop are essentially going to give Gwyneth a freebie wedding. In fact, that was the headline in OK Magazine, Gwyneth's freebie wedding of course they are because she's gonna write about it in goop like she writes about everything and people are going to have product placement and she's going to call them out for it and there's going to be photographs and everybody's going to end up wanting the gwyneth paltrow wedding and she's going to get it for free and all the rest of y'all you're gonna have to pay for it yeah but can i just point something out what i mean it's kind of brilliant actually right well i mean i think what you're saying is that you would totally do that. I mean, is there anything wrong with that? Just, no, no. Like I would do it too, but I would expect that like, other people would think that was gross. Don't you profit off a wedding? Didn't you profit off your wedding? I didn't. mean, I profited my husband. No, but you got a bunch of crap for free from the guests. Yeah, yeah. So I just feel like you can't really hold Gwyneth Paltrow too, uh, and that's why for this particular story, I did kind of include both Gwyneth. And OK Magazine, because I kind of feel like she's just a little bit better at it than the rest of us. Who's the douche here? Who's the douche? <laughs> Who to douche? That's a it's a Norwegian game. <laughs> Who to douche? Who to douche? <laughs> well, the douche in this case could either be Gwyneth or OK. I don't find any fault with Goop. I mean, what kind of products is she going to have? Like, she give is she giving coffee enemas to the entire uh, wedding party? I hope so. Yes, <laughs> I hope so. I hope is that instead their, of a is coffee broad, bar, bridal party gift. I hope that instead of a coffee bar, they have a coffee enema bar or a colonic bar. Free colonics. Colonic bar open all night. The vag steaming station. Stop it. Hey, listen. The yoni egg. Yeah, is she serving yoni eggs (laughs) for the hors d'oeuvres? All right. Um, So Gwyneth and or OK Magazine, you decide yourself who to douche. Who to douche. All right. Who uh, to douche. I'm going to give it to another frequent flyer. Kim Kardashian. Oh, hello. I know. So do you remember that one time when 
Kim Kardashian was in Paris and she was in her apartment and a bunch of people stormed in and they tied her up and they stole all of her jewelry. Yeah, you remember it was tragic. that? It was super tragic. Do you remember die. what we talked about her doing just mm, within the 24 hours prior? Do you remember what she posted on her Instagram? Photographs of her bruises? No, before it happened. Photographs of her very expensive jewelry, her very expensive diamond encrusted grill. Do you remember that? And that was one of the things that that oh, people yeah. said. Yeah, yeah. No, that, you're absolutely right. That the the robbers, uh, the burglaries, thieves. the thieves. Thank you. That's what they're called. Um, that that allowed them to know what she had with her in that apartment in Paris, so they knew what they were looking for, right? And again, one of those things was that like diamond encrusted grill in her mouth. Yeah. Which Madonna is really responsible for. I, and, I mean, a lot of and other we people. we should be mad at her for of, it. Like the the douchey version. Well, guess what? Kim Kardashian just posted on her Instagram. Oh God, the same thing. A picture of herself in a brand new diamond encrusted grill. You uh, get a grill. You so get a grill. She hasn't learned. No, she has not learned her lesson. Now that said, um, she's doing like she's on a shoot for like a video or a, a, in a photograph shoot. So she, it's oh, not so like it's not this like... is hers, and it's not like she's like, hey, here's where I am. Come and get my grill. But still. Don't you remember the part where she said, I just have learned to not kind of flaunt my... Yeah, like she's not going to be as visible on social media. Baloop. Yeah, which is what should remind you to never trust the Kardashians. (sighs) Oh, can I take this just one next level? Yeah. Having to do with the Kardashians? Of course. Did you see this? Kylie Jenner has confirmed her pregnancy. Oh, when did that happen? Yeah. You know why you didn't realize it? Why? Because it's not, they didn't make a big deal out of it at all. She posted an Instagram uh, photo. It was like a throwback photo of her holding Dream when Dream was a baby. Okay. So this is like, you really have to like read the layers of this. And in it, she said, um, throwback with Dream. I can't wait for Minnie Kylie. So... Everybody's like, oh my gosh, she totally just confirmed her pregnancy. Well, did she, or is she just saying someday she's going to be pregnant? I feel like, okay, I feel like if you are, if there are rumors that you are six I mean, months do pregnant, you know who we're dealing with here? I know, but you don't hashtag mini Kylie. Listen, everybody's looking at it as a confirmation. Everybody's looking. Everybody's talking like about it. People on Twitter. And I'm telling you, this surprised me more than anything because this was the most un Kardashian reveal ever. You know, I don't we, see this photo on her Instagram mm, account anymore. Interesting. Perhaps it was taken down. Um, or maybe it was a Snapchat. Either way, it was a picture that she posted on her social media. Uh, and it's a picture of her holding baby dream. And it says, hashtag throwback with hashtag dream. I can't wait for hashtag mini Kylie. Also, I hope, dear God, I hope her child's name has a hashtag in front of it. Maybe it, it'll just like, be Like, has hash. anybody done that yet? Hash Kardashian? No. Kardashian? Uh, anywho, I don't know. I That, to me, feels like a confirmation. So there. I'm waiting. I need, I need a okay. test. I need All a right. result. All right. You, you, why don't you send her a test? There's a new Ikea. Okay, I'm sorry. And then we can move on. But did you hear about the Ikea ad in Sweden 
or maybe it's Norway, that is a pregnancy test. What? Yes. It's in a magazine. It is an ad for a crib. There is a place, there's like a strip at the bottom of the ad you where you're supposed to pee. I'm not joking. Oh my God, that's hilarious. You're supposed to pee. And then if you are pregnant, it reveals a special price for that crib. Oh, Isn't that that's cool? Cute. Yeah. Anyway, that's a real thing. All right. When we come back here on the Colleen and Bradley show, uh, we got some more real things. We got some more real sciencey things. Bradley's going to tell us the most hopeless news. No, it's the most exciting news ever. Diets don't work. It's kind of hopeless. Be no promises. Oh, na, na. Just be careful. Na, na. Love ain't simple. Na, na. Promise me no promises. time we like to give you a little uh science news you can use and uh today bradley's got one that he tried to tell me about yesterday that i found particularly hopeless on the colleen and bradley show on my talk 1071 streaming live at mytalk 1071.com we are everything entertainment i'm colleen lindstrom and that is bradley trainer hi and oh i'm so excited i i just i cannot wait to let you know this diets don't work why? Because science. Science. Oh yeah, you know how you're like, oh, I'm gonna die, I'm gonna lose so much weight. Uh, yeah, you probably will, but guess what? It's all coming back. It's all coming back. Okay, to see, me there's now. no way you can say that, and do it do doesn't do sound totally do do hopeless. Do do. Oh yeah, no, here. I've got a silver lining, man. This is going to free your mind. It's going to free your soul. It's going to make you feel so positive. You're going to go out into the universe and be happy. Okay, so I'll believe it when I see it. Um, I was reading about this. Oh, gosh, I don't even know where I first saw this, but Tracy Mann, she is a psychologist and researcher at the University of Minnesota, and she heads up a health and eating laboratory at the U, and they aim... They aim, their goal is to find the best ways to help people make good choices. And what I love about this is she's like, get rid of diets. Stop thinking about diets because here's what the science says. And this is initially it's going to sound depressing, but just wait. So initially what it says is, um, yes, you can lose a bunch of weight on a restrictive diet, right? Mm -hmm. But people have a general... um, uh, range, an ideal body range that your body thinks, okay, you should probably be between this pound and this pound, right? Right. Uh, ideally. Um, and then if you try to lose some of that weight, your body is going to try everything it can to get you back to that ideal range. So right. unless you are going to be strict every single day for the rest of your life, your body at some point will fight to get back to that range you were at. Which sounds really depressing because that means I lost 30 pounds. Uh, am I going to go back to You're that just 30 a pizza pounds? away from that old weight. Exactly. And actually, for those who do lose a bunch of weight, it's going to take a lot less for you to get back to that ideal range than, say, a person who was super skinny to begin with. Yeah, because your the body wants to be that. Thing, the other depressing thing about oh, that great. is just wait, just wait. I promise there's a silver lining. The other depressing thing about that is that ideal range can go up. So if you gain weight, then your ideal range will go up. It's not to say that that's exactly what it's going to be, but whatever your body's ideal range is. Long story short. Can it go down? No. Ah, you're mean. It sounds mean, but this is where the silver lining is. So remember I told you that Tracy Mann is working on ways... Uh, to um, improve people's health and eating through this laboratory at the University of Minnesota. And they actually do it by 
uh, teaching people to make good choices. Like, how can we get people to make behaviors that are healthy that ultimately will leave their body healthier? Mm -hmm. So you don't focus on how much you weigh. You focus on how healthy you are and training your body, sort of fooling your mind and your body into uh, making uh, very healthy choices. So, um, you know, for example, losing weight comes down to two main behaviors, making unhealthy foods hard to obtain and making nutritious foods easier to access. So using that sort of strategy, strategy, it helps you focus on the right things and not just my uh, when I get on the scale, it says this number. Right. Well, you know, it's it's okay. I will go along with that, what you're saying, and also add this, that. I think often we are taught um, when you find yourself in a dieting mindset that when you are making a decision about what you're going to eat, you're making that decision with attached to the outcome of ultimately losing weight versus what is the healthiest decision to help your body be healthy. And in addition to that, similarly, that weight, that number that's on the scale, that body weight range that you're talking about, that's comprised of a lot of things. It's not just fat, but it's also muscle and water and water and all kinds of things. And I'm here to tell you and I like Google it, people, you can be heavier than you've ever been and be smaller than you've ever been oh, yeah. at the same yeah. time. Yeah, I mean just look at like uh weightlifters. I mean typically they're they're technically morbidly obese yeah. according to their BMI, but um it's because they have muscle mass. I did want to just say like I wanted to give you an example really quickly of what the kind of thing she's talking about. This sounds so basic and it sounds like something you'd tell your kids. Okay. Eat your vegetables first. Oh yeah. So like again, sounds basic and silly. But like, if you're always eating your vegetables first, two things are going to happen. One, you're going to get your vegetables because mm-hmm. you just need them. You know you do, right? Mm-hmm. But number two, it's going to fill you up mm-hmm. so that if the last thing you're eating on the on the plate is like maybe that fatty brisket that is so yummy, 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 you're maybe not going to eat as much. Now, right. it sounds like a dumb thing, but it actually is. She has done this research. It's far more successful than... Um, thinking your willpower is going to get you to your goal right your willpower is not the problem you're just you're essentially a machine and you have to fool the machine into not making bad choices interesting you know you do that whenever we go out to a buffet you always eat a salad first salad you do you know what the french do what do they do i think it's the french they eat their salad last yeah that's dumb but do you know why no I mean, when they explain it in that cute accent, it actually makes sense. You're friends with a lot of French people? Uh, no, but I just remember this. Do you remember that old book, French Women Don't Get Fat? Yeah. Do you remember that? And maybe that's the book that this was in. And I remember when they were doing press for this and they explained this, that French people eat their salad last because of like it helps digest all of the things that they've just eaten. Interesting. Well, I also know Europeans don't drink water at the or they don't drink anything at the dinner table. Not even water. I had a girlfriend in high school. They were Dutch. Her family uh-huh. was Dutch and they would never, you, you didn't have a drink at dinner. And they were like, no, that's bad for your digestion. Like there should not be water in your stomach when you're digesting food. I feel like that sounds Isn't that weird? unpleasant. I know. Like, what do you do when you need to like. Like they might have a glass of wine or something, but like water or milk at the dinner table was verboten. That's so bizarre to me. Or whatever the me. Dutch would say. Verboten. <laughs> <laughs> Holly. Nay. Nay? Nay. Okay. It's nay. Yeah. Well, that's just no. But 
Nice try. All right. So anyway, sorry. I kind of went long, but I think I thought you'd find that interesting. Well, I do find that interesting. And, you know, again, I think all too often we get a little too obsessed with that number and the scale. And the thing is, you and your doctor are the only people who know that number. Unless you tattoo it on your forehead like a crazy stupid idiot. And like you said, like, you know, people do this thing where they start chasing a number and I'm telling you, your body doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. So like if you lose a bunch in the beginning, it could just be that you lost a bunch of water. Awesome. But Mm -hmm. like, you know, then you're going to hit plateau. Right. And then, I mean, you know how it goes. Oh, do I ever. We've all been down that road. Do I ever. Uh, Okay. Well, I was going to tell you, and maybe I'll just share it. I'll share it tomorrow. I'm going to tell you how often scientists say you need to clean things. You've got a minute. Okay, well, how about this? I'll just do this. Bradley, we now know how often you need to clean some things in your home. How many things? How often? Why? Because. Okay, here's the deal. So uh, I'll just ask you a couple, okay? And then I'll tell you what scientists say because they've studied all of these things. Do you know how often you're supposed to wash your mattress? Oh, God, I never do, but how often? Every two months. How do you wash a mattress? Thank you. I'll tell you right now. They say that uh, you, you need to clean your mattress every two months, and the easiest way to do it is to sprinkle it with baking soda and then use your uh, vacuum cleaner to sweep oh, it back up. Oh, interesting. I've never done it. I have never done yeah, that. So I'm every two months. Jamie. Yeah. All well, right. I'm going to give you, you know what? I'm going to save some more yeah, of these for tomorrow these. Yeah. because seriously, you're going to realize that you're a lot dirtier than you think. Forever. It might, or right. it'll just overwhelm you. Okay. When we come back here on the Colleen and Bradley show, we're going to overwhelm you with stories of Oprah. Oprah. You get a story. You get a story. Oh, but Seal is not happy with her. No. We'll tell you about that after My this. 1071. Everything. This town needs an enema. Entertainment.